have your well, space. Well, I feel like we should start with the names. Like Terry, Terry and Steve. Benedict. Like oh, that's, that's intimidating. And, and then fear. Yeah, and then uh, Steve stole my money. <laughs> Welcome back to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. I'm your host, JJ Crowder, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. What's up, nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. This is our arbitration series where we compare two similar movies and decide who did it better. The two movies in question today are on the ensemble heist remakes of the early 2000s, Ocean's Eleven, and The Italian Job. Um, we're going to be comparing these movies using the following topics. The crews, the complexity of the heist, and the villains. So after our discussion, we will rate each movie one to five and discuss the rewatchability of each one. Let's get started. So let's talk about each movie first. Ocean's Eleven was released in 2001. It was directed by Steven Soderbergh and written by Ted Griffin. Danny Ocean and his ten accomplices plan to rob three Las Vegas casinos owned by Terry Benedict simultaneously. And The Italian Job was released in 2003. It was directed by F. Gary Gray and written by Donna and Wayne Powers. And after being portrayed and left for dead in Italy, Charlie Croker and his team plan an elaborate gold heist against their former ally. So let's jump right in, guys. Let's talk about the crews in this movie. Quite the casts. Um, so I'll go through them really quickly. We do have In Ocean's Eleven, we have George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Bernie Mac. Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, Julia Roberts, Carl Reiner, Matt Damon. Finally, we have Andy Garcia as Terry Benedict, the villain. Switching over to the Italian job, we have Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, Donald Sutherland, Jason Statham, Seth Green, Yassine Bey, otherwise known as Most Deaf, Edward Norton as the villain. And those are our big casts and the crews, subsequent crews. What about Sean Fanning? Well, yeah, as I mean, himself. he does as himself that nobody <laughs> knew it was actually him unless you're deep cutting in that chip. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's a pretty good cameo there. All right, so let's talk about these crews. I want to hear what you guys think. Who had the better crew? I think I was more attached to the Italian job crew. Why like is I, that? I liked that they went into their backstories. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but I feel like that made me more attached to them. Like I loved seeing uh, Left Ear blow up a toilet bowl. And like Jason Statham or Handsome Rob's little highway chase adventure. Whereas the others, they just kind of pop up. You're like, oh, okay. Here's another they one. need no introduction. They, they need, need no. no well, you kind of get it. You kind of get it as they go. I feel like with, what I liked better about Ocean's Eleven is they drop you into the world a lot better of like heists. They're because they're like naming off all these. We need to pull like a Johnny. Do that or in yeah, a couple like a of Mary Daisy, and, yeah. Yeah, all these random names. <laughs> I felt like the Italian job crew was kind of a cheap knockoff of the Fast and Furious crew. Like it just had that same feel to me. And well, directed by the same man. Yeah, acted <laughs> by half the same actors. I don't know. Just like if I wanted to see this crew, I'd just go one, watch one of the nine movies that Fast and Furious has made. So far. Yeah. No sign of stopping. I don't know. Seth Green making fun of handsome Rob, like Lyle, when he's in the car and he's talking to Becky and he's sitting there doing the, the gravelly act, or British accent. And he's like, hello, my name's handsome Rob. What's your name? Becky. <laughs> <laughs> like, that whole scene, I just sit and giggle and it was all ad-libbed. 
That Dude, whole scene was ad lib. I felt like Seth Green was the worst part of this movie. Really? He was such an annoying little redheaded prick. We can't be friends anymore. Ah, dude. Oh. I'm not saying all redheads. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Audience, just so you know, I am a redhead and I take vast offense to this. That's why I start my podcast off with Better Red Than Dead. But that being said, I think he was an annoying weasel. <laughs> he was. Like the part where him and Jason Statham are driving that boat in Venice. And they're being chased, and that, that bad guy pulls out a gun, and Seth Green is like, oh! like he just gasped with like wide eyes. I was like, dear God, is that how we're starting this movie? <laughs> I already, I hated that character from that moment on. All right, and that's where I kind of want to segue into going back to the the crew. Ocean's Eleven had swag so throughout, swag. swag throughout, and the reason I bring that, I mean. Just the, the interaction between Mr. Ocean and, and Rusty, Brad Pitt's character, one of the things I love about it, what they do is, Ian kind of said it best, is they go through exploring the crew and who they're going to bring on, and they kind of drop you in into each character and what they were doing in the past and why they'd be a fit for the crew. And I just love how they do it, and each character brings something to the table. I also have to shout out to our, I think there are two Mormon brothers I just love how each of them has a distinct personality and just the aura of Vegas. It's just hard to pass up and where that crew sits and what these people have been doing. So the swag, man, Ocean's Eleven for me, without a doubt. Hey, the speaking of the the Mormon twins, the the cameo of the Rocky Mountain Raceway. Yeah, (laughs) they're racing down the the quarter mile strip with the remote control truck. It's pretty funny when he runs it over. I I do love love that part. Yeah, it's pretty good. But speaking of those two, let's just talk about this real quick because I had a note. Here in Vegas, there's cameras everywhere. There's security everywhere. And supposedly these are the three most security-based casinos on the Strip at the time. And those sons of bitches were in this casino over and like, over in like nine and different over costumes. And over, <laughs> they're leaving clothes in the elevator. They're come on now. Nobody notices these two guys. They don't blend then. And no. they always Scott, travel together. Scott Kahn sticks out like a sore thumb. Right, don't even don't even get me started. You want to talk if we're talking about inauthenticity of both of these movies, Italian job, Mr. Napster, who fell asleep and his roommate stole it. Who knows if that's actually true? He hacks into the LA's traffic system and nothing happens for like forever. Like, oh, we're just gonna run. No way. Absolutely no way. Now, don't get me wrong. I, there's no believability to either of these movies. The reality is not there. Oh, don't even get me started. The explosive at the beginning of Italian Job where they blow the safe through the floors. Yeah, and it just conveniently took out the whole floor. No pieces of wood were blocking that safe from falling down, let alone when it hit the boat, that the boat just wouldn't have like blown up with the amount of weight. No, yeah. it didn't Wait, hit the it boat. didn't hit the boat. That was the point. No, it hit the oh, water. I... They pulled it out. They got you. No, so they they got... Oh, my gosh. Well, where were you, man? Where was I? I probably walked around the corner to grab something to eat because I was <laughs> bored with the way the movie started. <laughs> See, and that's so funny. It's such a differing opinion because I feel like the Italian job has one of the better openings of most heist movies. It, it was a cool opening. Yeah. yeah, that whole initial scene, that heist scene, I really enjoy the flow of that. It's it's starchy and really quick, action packed. But yeah, I mean, it goes downhill after that. And but. they're professionals, Matson. They painted explosives. They didn't just like throw C four on the ceiling. It was painted gently, <laughs> gently, gently. <laughs> so it blew up. Crucial adjective. I feel like I like both crews, but just for different reasons. I, I agree with that. Yeah, like I, I didn't dislike one or like one more than the other, but they were just very, they're very different crews. 
I don't know. If you put George Clooney, Matt Damon, and Brad Pitt on one side, and you put Jason Statham, Seth Green, like the only good, the only, <laughs> the only good part of the Italian job was uh, Furiosa. What was her name? What's her real name? Oh, Charlize Theron. Yeah, who has an age. Hey, in- hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Let's talk though. Donald Sutherland is the man, and I was so sad when True. he gets killed at the beginning. The old man at the beginning. Uh, but John. he died. John, I know. Yeah. But he's so I, Donald Sutherland is probably one of the greatest actors. Yeah, if he'd stayed around for the movie, but even him, he probably read this. He's like, "Oh no, you're gonna have to kill me right off the bat." <laughs> Could be. Could, no, they just needed someone that everybody liked to get you the, the emotional tie into the movie. Well, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, overall, I think both crews come with their interesting parts, right? Like, I Charlie yeah, Theron like, does interesting steal. one's good and the other one's not. Like, <laughs> super interesting to me. Come on, they both pull off the heist. That's what they do in Hollywood. I will say that when it comes to thinking on your toes, the Italian job are much better. Because that crew had so many things go wrong throughout their heist because they plan it out one way. Then the party gets in the way. And then the changing of the safe gets in the way. And then the the Russian mob guys get in the way. How do we always do movies? Sorry, Ukrainian. Come on, man. My bad. Gosh, man. It's going to be knocking on my door later Don't mess with mother and Ukrainian. (laughs) Yes. It's in the movie. So, that's the crew and the actors. Oh, before we go, though, I have to say, I miss Bernie Mac. Man. Was Bernie Mac? What? Are you serious? Ramon. May he rest in peace. Oh, he did? Dude, yeah. he has oh, one of the best scenes in Oceans. Ago. He died. Dude, just rest in peace again. But the scene where he's shaking yeah, the car salesman's hand, hand uh, and he's talking about moisturizer and gets him at, by the end and knock the price of the van down by like three grand and the two Mormon kids are like bouncing on <laughs> down the suspension. Love him for that. Rest in peace. Yeah, I miss Bernie Mac. He's so funny. The next portion, let's talk about the heists. The cleverness or the, you know, the overall intricacies of these heists. Uh, I would give that to Ocean's Eleven because the first time I watched this years ago, I did not get what happened. So I think that was a lot more <laughs> intricate. Right over on our yeah, they got me for sure. <laughs> I definitely agree with that because I watched Ocean's Eleven and I, even having seen it, it's still, I have to pay attention during the end and the big reveal, whereas Italian Job, you're kind of just led along the way of like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And then something goes wrong. Okay, well, now we're going to do this. And so you're just playing catch up the whole time, whereas Ocean's Eleven, I feel like there's this big reveal at the end that's kind of exciting. My problem, one of my problems with the Ocean's Eleven, or sorry, not Ocean's Eleven, but the Italian job is the fact that they were planning on driving these cars through the dude's house. I would have yeah. liked to have seen that. Yeah. Like, I, w- I really would have too. <laughs> and I mean, I realized that that's pretty intricate, but I'm like, what happens when you, like, how are you going to turn these cars around? Because you got to get the back. Oh, oh you yeah, gonna drive? I, I had a thought about that. And, and you're not going to drive a Mini out of the... Look, there's shows... In fact, I was laughing because I was listening to someone talk about Twister earlier. You know, there's a part where they drive the truck through the house that's rolling across the road. Oh, yeah. Okay, look, I've built outbuildings and I've helped frame houses before in my life. You're not driving a truck or a car, especially not a Mini, through a house without it coming out going, what the hell just happened? And still being able to drive, let alone with 2,600 pounds in the back of it. Yeah. I laughed. So, yeah, they got that whole thing mapped out on the computer where she's screaming yeah, like the through simulation. the house. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I love how the simulation, it turns a corner yeah. like in this hallway. I was yeah. like, wait a second. It's good stuff. That would never happen. Yeah. Ian, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like halfway through Italian job, it turned into a Mini Cooper commercial. 
Oh, yeah. And so that was definitely a knock on their heist because I felt like they were trying to get my money. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure Mini Cooper, they had to have made some decent money off that from sales after. Probably. I'm sure they paid decent money to have it in that. Well, here's the thing, though, is it was in the original. Because these are both remakes. And the original oh. one, the original Italian job had minis. I love the looks that I'm getting. Didn't right even now. know they were back <laughs> then. These are remakes? Yeah. So the Italian job, the original Italian job was in 1969, and they were they used minis. Well, it had Michael Caine, right? Yeah, Michael Caine was oh. Charlie Croker. I know things. Well done, well done. And then Ocean's Eleven was in 1960 with the Rat Pack. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven, it... Yeah, the Rat Pack. It's actually pretty decent to watch. So I want to say something. Just going back to, we're talking about the cleverness of the heist. I think what Oceans did very well is, as Italian job, each member had a purpose. I just think Oceans presented it so much better. And maybe it's because the team was bigger, but that added to the intricacy of the height because you had uh, the small acrobatic dude that if, if he didn't do his job, mm-hmm. they weren't getting the money. Basher, if he didn't cause that EMP to explode, and then if the Mormon brothers didn't drive the van with their remote control car, and I mean, the list goes on. But I thought each of them played their part just in a so much more grander and again, swaggish level uh, that it left me just enjoying watching it happen more. That is true because in Italian Job, you had that one dude who's in charge of demolitions. And in the original plan, he had to blow up a fence. Like, that was his contribution to this heist. I'm like, and this guy gets, like, a fifth of the profits for dropping, a, like, an outer... <laughs> that, that's crazy to me. Can I also say, but remember the guy that boosted the minis? And all of Mark Wahlberg, all they, I only offered him 10 grand. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is this? It's like, don't get cheap on me, Dotson. Let's talk about so we're, the cleverness of the heist. And I will say that I do give that to Ocean's Eleven because of the fact that each one of the people in that crew, except for Yen, had to do more than one job. There was no, in the Italian job, it was more or less, you know, the planning and then they each had their role, maybe two roles if they had to drive a, one of the minis out, right? But when it came to Ocean's Eleven, Yen is the only one, other than being involved in stealing the EMP, he's the only one that only, that only had one job. Besides, of course, the, the guy that financed the Yeah, whole I was going to say, Mark. <laughs> He paid money in. Ruben got yeah, Ruben, money. Ruben had to put Ruben. the money in, but other than that. The investor. The investor. I, I did feel like the Ocean's Eleven heist had higher stakes to it. True. Like death. Whereas the Italian job stakes were, we don't get gold. And I, that just seems like a really low stake for, for a heist. It's almost kind of more of a revenge movie. It, it really was. is. I actually have a yeah. note about that. It's actually kind of a lame revenge movie. <laughs> <laughs> because well, that was uh, that was what's her name's like motivating fact. Like she took he took my dad, so I'm gonna take, take his gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, what? Why do you, if it's a revenge movie, just go in and kill him and take his gold. I had that same thought. I was like, we go through all these intricacies, and if you guys are willing to do this, and I realized they set the standard at the beginning because John, right? The old man says, Donald Sutherland says he just did this without any weapons. Right. They're they're thieves, not murderers. Exactly. I, you know what? He just killed this guy. He was your best friend. He was your mentor. He was your father. He was the leader of your crew for X amount right. of years. Go in and shoot this dude in the head. If you're willing to give him to the yeah, Ukrainians he, at the anyway. end, he's dead. Go in and kill this man. Take the gold. And this movie's over in 15 minutes. So I will give you that. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been nearly as far as <laughs> watching the unrealistic jump out of the tunnels where all of the minis oh, nosedive. Yeah. They have 2,700 pounds in the back. They're not going down yeah, those first. I, that's I what I was thinking. Too. I was like, 
Wow, the physics involved here. The car, the back of this car weighs more than the whole car itself. So without the, yeah, the gold would weigh more than these cars weigh. Yeah. Fully stopped. Even more than usual. And they pulled a bunch of crap out of them. Yeah. Even more than usual because Wrench took out all the unnecessary engine parts. So it's like even lighter. I laughed so hard. How did the car work? (laughs) Well, he souped up the motor. So he did soup it up so it had more power. But the suspension on these cars, it's so unrealistic. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's what we're here to talk about. We're all mechanics, in but case you were wondering. Like 30 minutes ago, <laughs> before we went off on that tangent, Javier led us perfectly into the bad guys of this movie. Let's talk about these villains. So we have Edward Norton playing Steve in the... Steve. Steve. sucks. Steve. <laughs> Edward Norton playing Steve. And then you have Andy Garcia playing Terry Benedict. I want to hear... I, I got to hear what I can see. Javier's well, I feel like we should start with the names. Like Terry, Terry and Steve. Benedict. Like oh, that's, that's intimidating. And, and then fear. Yeah, and then uh, Steve stole my money. <laughs> well, and it, you don't even know his real last name because he made up some Italian last name. Yeah, like Franchetti or yeah, something. Franchetti or but he's just Steve. Alright, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go on a rant here. I'll make it as quick as possible. Terry Benedict, the, what Ocean's Eleven does really well is they start off, you you know his name immediately, and they they bring up the story about Rusty's talking to Matt Damon's character about not only did he get the money back from that one guy that tried to steal from him, he bankrolled, bankrupted his brother-in-law's tractor company. That's like a, a key phrase in it. And so you know right away, like, Terry Bennett, if you steal from him, not only is he going to come after you, he's going to F everyone up that is connected to you. Fields. Yeah, whatever it may be. And then this guy, Steve... He one he doesn't even know what to do with the money. Two, then he just does a cop out. I'm gonna send more guys with guns and take the money. And then he's just kind of a weasel the whole time. He's trying to pick up a a like a, a TV technician chick and take her out on a date. And I'm supposed to be scared of him. Like, and he watches TV for fun. Like he's supposed to be doing things. He's like a regular <laughs> Joe. Like screw him, dude. That could have been me. I'm not scary. This guy's got 35 million, and he's watching like The Bachelor. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, when he turns the TV on at first, it was the original Italian job. Oh, is that up. what that was? Yeah, Michael Caine was like front and center on the screen, and then he switches it to something stupid. But that's what and turned on. Terry Benedict hires someone to beat up Mr. Ocean. It happens to be his friend, but at least the man will go below the belt and f you up. Whereas Steve, he's gonna watch TV. I got nothing to add to that. Yeah, I think yeah, Steve's kind of no, lame. No contest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty hands down. Well, let's just be honest. Andy Garcia played that out of his mind. Because the guy, even when he's pissed, just talks in the same exact flat voice. And that kind of person scares me much more. That's way scary. Than a person that's yelling and screaming at me. Yeah, and and Ian, that whole scene on the phone where he's like, okay, I I I complied with every request, right? Yes. I want you to comply with mine. Run and hide. (laughs) It's terrifying. (laughs) I'd be like, shit, I'm going to go run and hide now. Thanks for the 160 million. Yeah, it, it, so definitely no hands down. Now, I do have a question. So I don't know if you guys know this. I was reading about it because I was doing some research, and I found out that Ed Norton did not want to do this movie. Yeah, oh, sense. really? In fact, so he had a three three movie deal with um, whatever movie it was, I, whatever studio it was. I can't even remember now. But he signed this with Cape Fear. So Cape Fear was his breakout role. He became really famous after Cape Fear. It's a great role. Um, and then they were trying to get him to do a movie, trying to, and he kept saying no, he kept saying no, kept saying no. And then they finally forced him to do this movie. And he was difficult. He was, there's a story that says at the end of it, nobody expected it to make as much money as it did, the Italian job. Um, and the producer 
as a thank you to all the actors and sent them gifts. And he sent his back with a note that said, give this to someone who likes you and who you like. Wow. What a douche. <laughs> what a dick move. But do you think him not wanting to be there, because we just agreed Steve is a tool and he's a terrible villain. Do you think that played into that at all? I'll be honest. I haven't liked... I'm trying to find something maybe other than Fight Club yeah. that I actually like Edward Norton in. And yeah. that's probably the only one I can think of. I don't think he's a great actor. No. I like him in Fight Club, but so, honestly, I like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that. I just like Fight Club. Yeah. Because <laughs> Casey asked me last night, she, I was telling her that story, and she said, you know, I think about Edward Norton, and he doesn't play any likable characters. And I laughed, and I'm like trying to think, because then we thought about Fight Club. Was, like, was he likable in Fight Club? I'm like, not really. He's kind of a whiny little bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, and then I thought about the Hulk, because he was, he was the second Hulk, I guess, mm-hmm. the first Marvel iteration. I was like, ooh, he wasn't even a, a likable banner. Like, how do you make him unlikable? And, yeah. and he was. And then I started thinking, I was like, I don't think there is an Ed, Nor- Ed Norton role where he as a character is likable, even when he's supposed to be. It kind of sounds like Ed Norton isn't likable. No, and I've read a lot where he's difficult. Like, that's why they switched him off of the Hulk, because he was a pain in the ass when it came to making that movie. So I just found that interesting. That's so funny. I always assumed you had to be a good actor to be a pain in the ass to work with. Well, well if you're always playing a villain, it kind of works out, because it just signs through. You yeah. Know? Ah, that's, that's fair. And he acted well in American History X. He was really good in American History X. He was completely hateable throughout the whole movie, which he's supposed to be. He was a Nazi most of the movie. <laughs> skinhead most of the movie. But So I think he's a good actor. I just think he takes away from the role. Ocean's Eleven wins that one as well. Yeah, thanks for drawing the villains thing out a little bit, JJ. Because oh, it was going pretty <laughs> yes, landslide. It was pretty short <laughs> runway. But I, I, yeah, I wanted to talk about it because I'm... I'm too. I'm not a huge fan of Ed Norton, even though a lot of people think he's really great. I, I don't love him in most things. Yeah. yeah I want to say some. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring to you guys up as well is what are your most memorable quotes from either of these movies? Oh, good question. For, for me, for me, especially, I won't say it first, but I want to see what you guys have to say. But there's a, a few from Oceans, and that's probably why I love this movie. It's just it's really quotable to me. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. When they're in Ocean's Eleven, when they're at that mansion, at uh, Ruben's mansion for the kickoff party, and uh, one of the Mormon boys is talking to Saul, and he's like, um, "Do you visit Utah often?" Like, um, I think you would. I think you'd like Provo. I think I, I think you would do very well in Provo. <laughs> very accurate. Oh, it got me because yeah. for those of you who don't know, I am from Provo, and no one does well in Provo. <laughs> I think Saul would do well. I think in Provo. Saul would do very well in Provo. <laughs> Uh, I, I love Saul. I really like the. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. He's like the can the technician um, with video cameras uh, or security cameras hacks into the system on Ocean's Eleven. Oh, I don't. Remember. I'm drawing the weird blank. dude. Yeah, kind of kind of awkward. Yeah. He's what does he say? He says uh, they'll be watching you. They're t- he's talking about once they get into they get flagged in the casino. He says they'll be watching you like hawks. Hawks with video cameras. <laughs> so, you kind of butchered the quote there, but I loved it. Oh, Townsend. You're talking about Townsend. Townsend. Yeah, the computer there we guy. go. There we go. Townsend. He has some pretty funny. You know what's funny is I really like, there's a lot of quotables in Italian job, like some funny one-liners. Yeah. So Mostaf is probably my favorite oh. character in that whole show because he's yeah. just so, he can make any scene awkward, but funny. <laughs> and, and I like him in so many things. Like 
there's a lot of movies that we we should watch some of most death stuff but he has a line when they're hanging from the the underneath the road where they're gonna blow it and, <laughs> yeah. and charlie's messing with him and he's like are you okay and he goes i'm about to put this pin in the detonator and if the brass touches it you and I will be the last thing people we ever see. And he's like, oh, take your time. Take your time. Then it cut, it pans way far back. He's like, Charlie, I love you, man. <laughs> I also love his quote. It's probably the one I quote the most out of Italian job, but I had a, a bad, bad experience. experience. <laughs> I'm the one who's dead. That. Yeah, that's uh, the funnest one. Like, what happened? I had a bet. He also Damn had it. another one where he's like, <laughs> after they get the gold, he's all 27 million. He's like, say it again. 27 million. <laughs> say it again. 27 million. I, yeah, it's great. I wanted to say something. So it, not so much a quote, because I can't remember the exact words, but when Rusty and Mr. Ocean are going through who to put on the crew, um, when they are um, at the the show where they're trying to find their acrobat, um, oh, yeah. I love when they're like, uh, it's like, it, Mr. Ocean's like, well, that doesn't look very difficult. And then um, the character, he he flips from one pole to the other, and he's like, we got a grease man. Yeah, <laughs> we got, got a grease man. man. <laughs> I just, I love that part. And then the other the quotes that stick out to me is when um, Mr. Ocean is speaking to, actor name escapes me, Julie but Roberts. Julie Roberts. And there's just like, there's four heavy hitters in a row. She, he says like, does he make you laugh? And she's like, doesn't make me cry. And then they talk about Monet and the other artist and she's like well they he's like they were they all they they killed themselves and one was like a, a pedophile so he's like well they also did art as well and so painted exactly like they also perfect so those ones i think are pretty funny but to me like oceans just has so many that i could go through if i could have my brain remember them all from that same scene uh, Julia Roberts is like, all you do is steal and lie. It's like, oh, I don't do that anymore. She's, she's like, steal? Lie. lie. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm stealing right now, actually. I love it when Saul loses his shit on Ocean because he's like calling He's like, can you do this, Saul? Yeah. And he's like, if you ask me that one more time, he goes, you will not wake up in the morning or something <laughs> like that. He's ready. Yeah. And he calls yeah. him Daniel. Too. Yeah, he calls him Daniel. Daniel, you if you ask me that one more time. wake up the following morning. That's what it is. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Very quotable. I, again, going back to Townsend, sorry, one more. Um, when he's in the van with his uh, FBI buddies that he's helping out, and he's like, Stop, don't don't touch that. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> calm down, Radio Shack, or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, do you see me grabbing the gun from your holster and <laughs> waving it around? <laughs> like, that's how I'd be. I want to respond to more things like that. I, I do. They have uh, so another one from Saul. I love when he comes back after the whole doctor and him dying thing, and he's leaning over the couch, and they see all the money. And he goes, "That is the sexiest thing I've ever seen." He's <laughs> just like this eighty-year-old man, and that is the sexiest thing. I love it. It's fun to watch their faces in that scene when he says that too, because Basher has just got this goofy grin on his face when Rusty's going through with Matt Damon's character, and he's giving him all like he's teaching him how to do this thing, and he's telling him, "Don't do that." Don't do this, whatever. And then he gets to the end and he's like, look, and under no circumstances ever, 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 ever will you ever do. And then someone calls his name and he's like, what? And then walks away without actually <laughs> saying what he was supposed to do. So let's do it. Let's jump right into our ratings. I, I was told I'd go last though, so I'm going to start this time. Excellent. Actually, I just thought of another line before we do this because it's my favorite line in this whole movie. And I said it earlier, but we weren't recording. When they open, when they blow the safe, and he walks in, and Yen comes walking out of the rubble, and, where the fuck you been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I had to pull that one out. All right, so let's rate. Um, I'll go first. It, this is kind of shocking, but I, as watching these last night, I don't love them the way I did when I watched them the first few times. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because they're both almost 20 years old and they just don't hold up as well as I thought they did, but they're enjoyable to watch. But as far as a good movie, I'm going to give uh, Ocean's Eleven. We'll start there. I, I give Ocean's Eleven three and a half. Okay. So let's go this way. Ian. Um, I'm falling in line with JJ. I think three and a half is really good for Ocean's Eleven. I remember watching it the first time way back in the day and absolutely loving this movie. But kind of like you said, I don't know if it had to do with the comparison or the perspective watching it now, but it didn't grab me. Um, I think the shock and awe of the reveal has kind of faded. And so it just doesn't grab you like it used to. So, Matson. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I love Ocean's Eleven. It's a movie that I still actually watch quite often. Um, I watch all the Ocean movies. Uh, I think I just, I love the characters. I love the banter between them. I love that Rusty is predominantly eating at every scene in this movie. <laughs> it's just something that I can put on in the background and turn back to you and enjoy some laughs. Um, I'm not saying it's a great movie, but for the amount of I've seen it and watch it, I'd give it a four for me. Cool. Javier. I'm going to give it a four as well. It's a fun heist movie. I really like the Oceans franchise on this one. I don't think it disappoints. I think it has a strong cast, good acting. It's got a fun story. Definitely rewatchable. I've, I've seen it several times. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think a four is good. I think it survives the test of time. All right, so let's uh, then do the Italian job. Again, I find both these movies fun to watch. They're entertaining, but I for this one, I'm going to drop down to a three. I give it a three overall. Again, it's another one that just doesn't hold up for me. It's not as fun as I remembered it. I was actually really excited to watch these movies. When me we too. About it. And then I was watching them going, yeah. And I don't know if it's because we just did Knives Out. And Knives Out's one of those things that I know what's happening, but I still love that movie as much the first time as I have the fourth time I've watched it. Where this one, it's probably the 12th time I've watched them both. But I, they just didn't work for me this time as much as they used to. So three for Italian job. Ian. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I struggled rating Italian Job. I feel like two and a half is too low for it, but... But three's too high? But three's too high, (laughs) 2.8, but I know we can't do that. So I'll go ahead and I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and go with a three because I know I've enjoyed it in the past. Um, Watching it back-to-back with Oceans, though, I think kind of made me think of it much less. I didn't realize how much the villain in this one just drove me nuts and not in like a well that's a good villain way but in a this is annoying to watch kind of way steve sucks steve Matson. steve i'm gonna go with the three as well um a lot of the, the same reasons i think there's some i mean i love mark Wahlberg and jason statham, jason statham fulfills his role he's in a car for most of it uh, <laughs> I think it's a fun story, and the villain sucks, and it's okay. Yeah. Three's okay. Three's okay. Javier. If this was 2005, I would have given it a four. But since it's 2020, I'm going to have to give this like a 2.5, especially compared to Ocean's Eleven. Oh, the acting annoyed me, especially by Seth Green. Like, oh, I hope I never have to see that guy on screen ever again. And the the heist was like, okay, and the bad guy was not great, and... Anyway, yeah, compared to the two, I think Italian Job is the worst one. And I think compared to most movies now, it's, it's just not. Actually, something I want to say that just came to my head is I just couldn't articulate it before. Ocean's Eleven, to me, it it's something that feels more timeless, where if I come back to it, it's not so reliant upon the technology to perform the heist. So therefore, it's easier for me to just like the characters. But in 
the Italian job there on antiquated um, like cell phones to TV screens uh, to just some of the tech you see on the screens and all that. And for me, or like the TVs that Steve was watching that looked futuristic, like they were flat screens, but you could tell they, that stuff bothered me. Like I found myself noticing that a lot and that's not the fault of the movie and shouldn't necessarily affect my rating, but it brought me back. It felt the movie was old where oceans, I feel like I could just return to it and enjoy the heist. So there you have it guys. Uh, Both movies sounding enjoyable, especially through the lens of nostalgia. Ocean 11, water drop rain. Sorry, I don't don't know where that came from. (laughs) It's okay. It'll be a nice little funny moment, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah jj okay <laughs> with uh yeah so oceans takes it we'll give the win to that one in this particular arbitration we appreciate you listening to us hopefully you have a chance to go back and watch these movies they are entertaining as all hell so um don't forget check us out you can find us on all of the social media platforms facebook twitter uh instagram are all at what's our verdict you can find our go to our website at www what's our verdict.com um at this point you can also check us out with our tv side it's our verdict tv westworld right in the midst of that so find us enjoy us please rate us on uh, itunes we'd love to see some good ratings send us some feedback through our email hosts at what's our verdict.com we'd love to hear from you suggestions for movies we'd love that too and keep an eye out through our social media for some fun and entertaining things. I, I know Matson's our uh, social media guru. Matson, you want to share with us some of the things that they can expect to see and check out in our social media? A little preemptive strike right here. I mean, we're working on a lot of things. I, I think some of what the crew and I are talking about is pulling you guys about what you want to hear us review, the structure of our podcast, but also uh, just going to be a lot better at letting you know what's going to be released and the weeks that we have released something just putting out some more fun facts maybe about the movie, some things that have been left unsaid that maybe you didn't know um, to just help better educate you. And then when you go watch it, hopefully after listening to us, you um, have a lot of content we put out along with our podcast and can have a great viewing experience. And if we can convince JJ, you can listen to all the things he edited out that I said because that stuff is gold. Yeah, so I do have a lot of outtakes that uh, watch for um, send us an email. It'll have to be private. I'm not posting that anywhere public. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely have some fun things to share. Good, nice outtakes. I've been saving them. Javier's an HR nightmare that works in I'm HR. Off the clock. <laughs> I'm surprised enough. Javier wants those out there. <laughs> it's because they are funny as all hell. It's going to be your own demise. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, guys. Uh, check us out. Come reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, that's the verdict. Bye now. Until next time.